0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 38. I'm really excited about today's show because I'm going to be sharing some responses from several listeners to a question I posed in my September 19th, 2019 email. The question was about the Bible verse from Hebrews 10, 24, where the writer of the book of Hebrews says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. My question was, how do you do this? How does anyone motivate another person to acts of love and good works? I was thinking that if we could hear some real-life examples of this, it would give all of us some practical ideas of what we could do. So listen in to the answers I received to this important question. Here's the first answer and it comes from a missionary couple living in the Mideast who focus on evangelizing Jewish people all over the world. Here's how they answered my question of how do you motivate others to acts of love and good works? You motivate people by being with people who are doing these acts of love. The way we do this is by taking teams and demonstrating as they watch and observe and then encouraging them to do the same. It's taking the time to make disciples. Jesus did this, and we follow his example. Thanks, John. Great question. You know, I've known this couple for many years. They often will stay with us when they're visiting in the States, and we've never ever talked about this issue, so I learned something really, really interesting about them. I, I, I loved how they are so intentional about this, about modeling good behavior, modeling what it means to love and to do good works. You know, by modeling, they are showing, which is always far more powerful than telling. Show rather than tell. That's a great way to motivate people. Here's another response. This one is from Dick, a missions leader. He says, if I see something positive that a person has done, I try to thank them and be specific about what I am talking about so that they can continue to keep doing what they have just done this is not natural for me and I have to work hard on doing it. Because this is not natural for Dick, because it's hard, it's an example of what a transcendent quality of relating is that goes beyond what we find comfortable to do. It's the T in T-H-I-S. You were made for this. It's also sacrificial for Dick because it would be so much easier to not look for the positive, to not extend himself. This sacrificial quality is the S in T-H-I-S, this, you were made for this. Way to go, Dick. That, That was really good. Another response I received is from Cindy, and she writes the following. When I hear, spur unto good works, it makes me feel like I haven't done enough. But as I read it, I think it has more to do with me walking in faith and and encouraging others to do the same, mostly other believers. How? Well, read the scriptures and point to that as we go through difficulties, but also joys. My word and actions have no power to spur anyone on. I think when I'm together with two particular girlfriends, we bring out scripture that is appropriate for a circumstance in our lives, or we talk about it, or we talk about Jesus. That is spurring on. I love that. Well, I love that phrase that Cindy used. My words and actions have no power to spur anyone on. Hmm. The next response is from a person who, well, let's just say, She's not the typical listener, and I'll explain it in a second. She's, she begins, though, with Well, John, this might not count as acts of good works and love, but recently a friend of mine told me that she believed in God, but wasn't sure she was a Christian. I encouraged her to accompany me to an in school Bible study with me once it started up, and she agreed. My prayer for her is that she will be led to God so he may do good things through her so she can encourage works of good and love to others around her. You know, the thing about this that really gripped me is from my granddaughter, Eleanor. And Eleanor is just 14 years old. And she signed it, Her uh, my favorite grandchild. Um, that's her self-description of herself. And uh, she never calls me John. (laughs) She always calls me Grandpa. And so she inserted one of those laughing emoticons with tears of laughter. And she got a kick out of this, and so did I. But the thing I really enjoyed about this was just the the depth of concern as a 14-year-old girl that that she has for her friend. I just love Eleanor's value system at, at her very young age. Well those are just a few responses to the question of of how do we motivate uh, others to love and good works. And there are several takeaways from today's episode some some things that I learned and and hopefully what what you may have picked up as well. The first thing is that that we can certainly make an impact in this world by being the best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. But we can make an even greater impact when we help others be the best version of themselves. You know, many times people don't know what they're capable of, and we can give them a great gift when we show them what they could be. All of the examples our listeners shared about motivating others to love and good works are about reinforcing small acts of positive behavior or thinking. It's not at all about pointing out flaws or correcting people. It's about seeing the goodness in them, reinforcing it, and nudging them on to even greater goodness. There's a great personal benefit to us when we encourage others to be more than they are at the moment. Because, as I've said before in previous episodes, when we bring out the best in others, we bring out the best in ourselves. Before I close, here's the main takeaway from today's episode. Our show in a sentence. We impact the world for good when we encourage others to be the person God created them to be. Here's what you can do in response to today's show. One thing you could do is to ask God to show you someone, just one person, that you can motivate to love and good works. Look for glimpses of positive behavior or thinking you'd like to reinforce, not for your benefit, but for theirs. Here's another thing you can do. Email me with your thoughts, reactions, or questions about anything that comes up in the podcast. That There's a good chance that it will stimulate and encourage other listeners. Finally, here's a third thing. If you're not getting the weekly email from me, usually on Wednesday or Thursday, I encourage you to sign up for my private email list. By doing so, you'll get more curated content from your fellow listeners with their relationship wisdom that I often don't have space to include in the weekly podcast. And of course, you can always unsubscribe at any time. To do that, to get on on the email list, Just go to johncertalic.com forward slash subscribe, and then enter your name and email address and click the subscribe button on the form. Well, here's our uh, relationship quote of the week, and it comes to us from Robert Kennedy, and I'll explain the context in just a minute. Here's what Robert Kennedy said. Let us dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. This has an important historical context that I, that I need to explain. Uh, Robert Kennedy was on the uh, campaign trail uh, trying to uh, win the 1968 Democratic nomination for president. And this was in, the, in April of 1968, and he had a campaign stop scheduled for Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, it happened to be on the same day that Martin Luther King was assassinated. And as he got up to speak to the audience, his advisors and other people in town said, uh, Don't tell anybody. Don't bring it up. They'll find out later after your campaign speech. And uh, he wrestled with that, and, you know, it was a very highly charged time back in the late 60s. I mean, things are things are certainly charged now, but I don't think any, anywhere near what it was like in the late 60s. Anyway, uh, Kennedy was uh, faced with this dilemma. What does he do? And he went against his advisors, and he told them that uh, Martin Luther King had just been assassinated. And this is a crowd of, of African Americans— in a racially charged neighborhood of Indianapolis. I'll repeat what he said. Let us dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. What a, what a great quote. It certainly relates to Hebrews 10.24, to motivate others to acts of love and good works. But uh, his quoting of of this uh, ancient Greek writing, I'm not sure who the original author was, uh, many historians feel it really uh, dampened the the racial tension in Indianapolis that night after the the slaying of Martin Luther King. And to come from Robert Kennedy, whose brother had been assassinated just five years uh, earlier, was especially poignant when he's asking people You know, don't react with violence. Instead, tame the savageness of man to make this world a more gentle place. That was on on April 4th. Uh, Just a couple of months later, he lost his life to an assassin. And April 4th, 1968, is deeply connected in my DNA. It's the most important day of my life because it began the most important relationship in my life that continues on to this day. I wrote about it in Chapter 7 of my book, Them, and I talk about it in Episode 21 of this podcast, and I'll have links uh, to both of these in the show notes. Well, thank you for listening in today. I hope you feel part of us. I hope you are encouraged by hearing what others are doing to think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, Hopefully in hearing what others are doing, it will encourage you to think of ways you can motivate others to love and good works. Above all, I trust you appreciate how you were made for this. T. Transcendent relationships, like our friend Dick mentioned earlier, in ways that do not come naturally for him. Relationships that H. Honor others. Relationships that I initiate like my granddaughter Eleanor talked about with inviting her ninth grade friend to a Bible study at school. And relationships that S selflessly serve others like the missionary couple from the Mideast and their ministry to Jews all around the world. You were made for this. Well, that's all for today, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye for now.